As more people support socialism in America, we discuss what socialism in America would lead to. We all look at Venezuela and compare what is happening there and what is happening here. We will also discuss the origin of socialism and socialism of Scandinavia. All that and more on the Youth of the Nation, a conservative Christian podcast. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Youth of the Nation. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we are going to be talking about uh, how socialism in America would be the end of American freedom. Now, socialism is now a big topic in American politics. And as we've seen in the past, socialism doesn't work out. And we will explain why, how it started, uh, the good type of socialism and the bad type of socialism and the way that America is headed. But first, I want to talk about something that's coming up on the show. Talked about it a bunch. But Levi Dade from Defending Christianity is coming to the Youth of the Nation to do an interview. That will be on the 20th of October. I'm super excited for this. I hope he is. Um, he's going to tell what Christianity is to him, why you guys, if you guys are atheists, should give it a try, how we found Christianity. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great conversation. I answered all those questions in my personal opinions in yesterday's episode, so go check that out. And so, yeah. But now we will talk about socialism. Now, socialism is basically the basis of it is government owns everything, all businesses, um, people work, and all the money is split evenly, all the products split even evenly. Communism is the same thing, but there is no government. It is owned by the workers. That is why there's no real communism. But So when I say communism, it is really socialism, but it's just the Communist Party. So the Communist Party are people who are just socialists. Um, so we are going to talk about the origin of socialism and communism. And so this all started really with Christian communities. And so the way this worked is Christian communities, they would come together and they would pool their resources and they would help each other out. You know, those who were struggling uh, and those who were doing really well, they would share their wealth. And they did it to help each other out. Now, they did not... The nice thing about this is they did not have to... They had no regulations. There was no government. It was, hey, I want to help someone out. We're helping each other out. So, yeah. In 1848, Karl Marx and... uh, Frederick Engels published the Communist Manifesto. And this was a book, a massive book about communism and how communism would work and the science of communism and socialism. Basically, what Marx believed is that the lower class, the working class, would revolt against the uh, capital class. And this would become what would happen this is this it was just going to happen there was no way for it there was no stopping it it was inevitable and so that's what marx believed and so they him and uh frederick engels they wrote the communist manifesto and it was basically just to encourage working class to revolt against capitalist class now 
if you uh, basically if you want something to sum it up and what really happens, go read the book Animal Farm by George Orwell. It's a really great book. I think I'm going to do a podcast episode just for this book and analyzing it uh, because it is an amazing book. George Orwell is an amazing writer um, and he captures everything perfectly. So go check that book out. But back to, you know, the real life stuff. Uh, There was a big, because of this book, there was a big, uh, you know, motto, workers of the world unite. People would shout that. Um, You'll see a lot of the fist raised. You'll see people raise their fist in the air. And that is showing socialism uh, all for one or all for one, one for all. That is another motto. So in 1917, this is where, you know, this is one of the biggest uh, communist countries, and you'll probably guess Russia. Russia, uh, this is how it becomes communist. So, Valdemir, I love that name, Valdemir uh, Lenin led the uh, Bolsheviks to revolt and overthrow the Russian government. Um, and they became, com- they were communists and socialists, and they overthrew the government to, um, you know, they overthrew it and they got everyone to believe in communism. And yeah, this was called the uh, Russian Revolution or October Revolution. There's a couple names for it. Um, As most things, there's a couple names for something. So yeah, so everything's going great in Russia, right? Everyone's happy, you know, wealth is being spread. Um. Or so, so they say. I most most places don't end up in Animal Farm. If you read the book, it's really amazing because you know everyone's happy about this. There's basically this uh, person, this pig, who is Marx, um, and he explains that it's inevitable. Blah 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 blah. Then you know, get they get on all this corruption. You know, I am actually going to do one of these episodes because it is really amazing. So, Lenin dies in 1924. And so, this is where, you've probably heard of Stalin. Joseph Stalin takes control of the Soviet Union. Um, So, he does, he is complete, he is is worse than Hitler. Uh, A lot of people don't talk about him. Um, Mostly now, because Hitler's a big one, because, you know... That was World War II. But a lot of people don't talk about him just because this is this is showing socialism doesn't work. So Joseph Stalin takes over and he ends up in his in Stalin's reign, he kills 20 million people. 20 million people are killed. And this is not like people like his enemies and stuff. Well, it is his enemies, but not like his nation's enemies in wars and stuff. No. This is his own people he is killing. And one of the ways he does this is the Great Purge. Basically, anyone who defied him, he killed. And this is this is one of the reasons communism does not work, because greedy people will always uh, grasp for power. All right. So, as you can see, communism worked amazing in Russia. If you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic. Well... I don't know. I was gonna, I was going to come up with an insult my audience, but then I realized that will look bad in the reviews. So in 1948, uh, between 1948 and 1952, 
this is where the Chinese communist revolution happens because, you know, communist works, communism works so well in Russia. Why don't we try it here in China? Cause you know, the Chinese are just going to do it way better. Right. If you can't tell the sarcasm, my voice, it does not work out well. So people, uh, overthrow the China, China's government and we get to, uh, communism in China. And so, Mao Zedong takes over in 1958 about. And one of of his great legacies is killing at least 18 million people. A great legacy. Um, He does this with the um, industrialization of China, now known as the Great Leap Forward, except for it was more like a Great Leap Backward because, you know, so many people died. There was massive famines. It's horrible for everyone but the government. Government got more, everyone else didn't. That's what happens in socialism and communism, is it brings, it lifts up people who um, are are important and they are rich. It gives them more money, but it brings down the lower classes and middle class. And some of the really wealthy people uh, are brought down. So... Mao Zedong, he does this great leap forward. Then afterwards, Deng Xiaoping takes over. And Deng Xiaoping uh, follows in Mao's footsteps. And as people start realizing, hey, I don't like communism, there's a big uh, protest. This is called Tiananmen Square. In Tiananmen Tiananmen Square, basically, um, people sat in protest. They, They emphasis on sat. They were not, they were not like the, protests that uh, we are facing right now no they were nothing like that these were real protests these were people sat with signs they did not stand with signs they sat with signs quietly and peacefully like a gandhi protest and this is what dang Xiaoping responds he responds by going to the martial law first they bring in uh armed soldiers to scare him off doesn't scare him off so they bring in People start beating them with bats. Still doesn't scare them off. So what do they bring? They bring in the full force of the military, bring in tanks, everything. And I forget how many people died. I should have put that down my notes, but I didn't. So those are the two biggest socialist countries other than Venezuela, which we will talk about in a second. But the first two things I'm going to talk about, or first three things I want to talk about is um, I'm just going to give you the current communist and socialist countries uh, are China, Cuba, Laos, sounds like Mao, Mao, Vietnam, and Venezuela. A couple more, um, especially ones that we will talk about in a second. Uh, I also want to point out that 94 million people have been killed by communists and socialists. 94 million. That's, what is that? Let me do the math. That's like at least nine times more than killed in World War II. It's more than uh than the amount of people who have been killed by coronavirus that's for sure so i think the real virus might be uh might actually be um communism i think that's that might be the real virus so uh we're about to talk about the fall of venezuela uh to socialism but first um you know we need to stay safe from communists and uh, socialism right now but you also need to stay safe on live, and you need to do that with PeerVPN. PeerVPN 
is a uh, app that allows you to, you know, keep yourself safe online. It protects you from hackers who want your in- to steal your information, sell it on the dark web. Also protect you from, you know, big companies tracking your data because big companies will track your data. They can use it against you. They can use it to make money. And no one wants do what you do in your own home should be private to you. Um, and so PureVPN will keep your data safe. So you can also watch live sports without and make uh, secure transactions on places like Amazon so that people cannot steal it. It tracks your Wi-Fi to make sure that if your Wi-Fi connection ends up being insecure where hackers could get it, they immediately shut down your Wi-Fi until your Wi-Fi is secure again. It's really, really awesome. I can't recommend it enough. If you click the link below, you guys can get um, a plan for PeerVPN for as little as 99 cents, which is pretty awesome. So... Go ahead, go get Pure VPN. Keep yourself online or safe online. And yeah. All right. So we are now going to talk about the fall of Venezuela. Now, Venezuela is another one of the bigger socialist countries. So I will, we will start. This starts in 1985 when the oil market uh, crashes and Venezuela is now in an economic crash. Similar to what we are in right now, where our economy is just very low. So this leads to a couple riots um, that are met with brutal force. And this leads to this man named Hugo Chavez, or Chava, Chavez, Chavez. Sorry, I forget. It's, it's uh, in Venezuela. It's South American, um, in South America. And people, you know, speak Spanish, and so I'm pronouncing things like English, but it's Hugo Chavez, or oh my gosh, I keep doing it, Chavez. All right, so he's elected to be president, and so Hugo Chavez isn't necessarily, he pretends to be moderate, right? He's not on the right or left, but we find out later he is a severe leftist. He does many things as uh, changes the constitution of Venezuela to be, um, you know, instead of six or four year terms, it ends up being six year terms. He just keeps on expanding it so he can be president longer. And very, that's, that's not right at all. Uh, that's why we have a Supreme court. So let's, let's rewind just a second. So before that, Venezuela was a lot like America freedoms under constitutional government with, you know, economic, their economy was booming. I've seen some graphs and other than it starts to rise again uh, after that economic, that oil market crash, but then it just dive bombs and goes even lower than that uh, oil market crash. So this is not like some third world country. It's the same thing with Afghanistan. Like Afghanistan was actually an amazing country but Soviets took over, tried to take over, kicked them out. Taliban then took over, and now it's a third world horrible place to live in. So, um, back to Venezuela. So, basically, how they became socialist is one of the th- the one of the main things that they did is 
they divided into more classes than just rich and the poor, right? So Marx originally intended these uh, uh, classes were the capitalist class and the working class. And the working class would revolt against the um, capital class. But that never really happened. So people had to then force violence. So they created more classes. And, and I, will, I will explain what's in America right now. But in Venezuela, it was black and white. Those are the two classes. And when you push racism, that people are – the whites are always racist, then – and that blacks are oppressed, then once you make a villain out of uh, a certain group of people, you then uh, get a you get a more willingness to oh we want to change. When when you are told you are bad, you are bad, bad, bad. Especially like for for example, if your mom tells you hey you are being a bad boy, you want to change it most of the time. Uh, and you're going to do anything to try to change it. When you believe you are bad, if you believe you are racist, then you will do anything to change. So here in America, we have other classes. We have straight uh, and gay. We have um, men and women. We have trans, transgender and non-transgender. I don't know what it's called. Just, you know, people who go by their biological sex. Um, they There's... Uh, what are the? There's still black and white. There's white and Mexican. There's white and Asian. There's all of these different classes, and so that is that is one way to uh, divide people. And once you have a divided nation, a divided nation is easier to control. People who think that they are bad are easier to control, and that is how socialism takes control. So. Um, they start taking, they start getting rid of history, their history. We are doing that right now in America. If you don't look at, if you look at it, we're tearing down our statues of our founding fathers of people like Columbus. They did that in Venezuela. They took down statues of Columbus. They tore him down because he was a horrible man. Not really. I explained it on Columbus day, which is two days ago. Yeah. That he, oh yes, he did bad things. I'm not saying he's an angel. I will never say he's an angel because there's no one who is an angel other than angels themselves. He was definitely not, you know, a completely peaceful man. I'm not going to say that. But he was not a villain. And so the moment you start taking down getting rid of your history, uh, the more you lose culture. We saw this with the Red Guard in China with Mao Zedong, I forgot to tell talk to you about that. Is he basically created the uh, Red Guard of young uh, college students to go and get rid of Chinese culture, and that makes people more easy to control. So the next thing is they took things from people, they stole things from the government, stole things um, from people in the name of equality. So we see that right now with looting. We see. BLM rioters looting in the name of racial justice. We see uh, governments taxing, you know, the wealthy in the name of racial ju- or not racial justice, economic justice. These are all you you can really see what's going on in America is very similar to what happened in Venezuela. And uh, you know, in some countries they kept. Uh, like here in America, we are not necessarily keeping 
people at gunpoint like they do in Afghanistan, a third world country that is a horrible, horrible place. But we are doing something very, very similar. And that is we are, you know, taxing people and we are keeping people under the gun of fear. And so, yeah, but guns also have a big thing to do in Venezuela. And this was this was in 2010, um, they decided to disarm law-abiding citizens uh, to stop gun violence. We see that right now in America. And basically, this then takes... The reason we have the Second Amendment is the Founding Fathers looked at when they were under oppression by um, Britain, Great Britain, and they were like, okay, we are not allowed to have weapons, right? But we can't fight back towards the government. So the government becomes corrupt. We sh- the people should be able to fight back if the government becomes corrupt. You take those weapons away from law-abiding citizens, and they then cannot defend themselves against a corrupt government. They cannot overthrow the government to create a democracy. And that is the problem with taking away guns from law-abiding citizens. Now, I get it. There's school shootings. There needs to be stuff, more regulations to prevent school shootings. You can do it just in schools. More screening checks before you get a gun. If you have a criminal history, should not be able to get a gun. Uh, especially violent criminals, but that is something we can talk about in another episode. But then, to make matters worse, is they unleashed a group of criminals on the pro- protesters. And well, so oh, take it back. I don't. I I'm sorry. I I missed something. Protests then happened because you know they didn't want this government, and they released a group of crin- criminals. I would try to pronounce it, but it's something in Spanish. You can look it up. Um, I tried to pronounce it. I got nowhere near. I take Spanish in school, so I bet my Spanish teacher would be very disappointed in me, but I have no idea how to say it. And even when I tried to listen to how it was said, it was way too fast and I tried to say it. So let's just say I'm not, I'm good at English, not Spanish. So these criminals were similar to Antifa. Seems a little, there's a lot of things that are, you know, happening that are very, very similar to one another. So that is basically, now we are at Venezuela, that it is horrible. Famines. People are, people have lost, the average weight of people in Venezuela is 30 pounds less than it used to be. So this goes back to the poor become poor, or the poor become poor, the middle class become poor, and... The rich politicians, what happens to them? Well, they eat fine. They eat three meals a day. And it's not like, you know, they're eating jail, like prison meals. No, they're eating good meals. They're going to fancy restaurants. They're going to, they they have private cooks. They have all these things that the people don't get. And that's what people don't understand with socialism is it makes the politicians wealthier and everyone else poor. It's that simple. All right. So that is all on Venezuela. Very sad story. But we got to talk about something good for you because right now you can go to Instacart with the link below and you can get 
uh, free shipping on any order on orders under $35. Sounds pretty good, right? But you probably are wondering, what is Instacart? So Instacart is, first of all, awesome. I'm going to flat out say it. It's awesome. Basically, you can order groceries from the comfort of your own home, which to me sounds pretty awesome. I don't shop, but I do hate going to the store. Anytime I go to the store, it's I don't like the store, especially right now. You got to wear your mask. You got to do wait in line in some stores uh, because they've got like maximum occupant occupancy. They've got all these regulations that are not fun. It's just not fun to go to the store right now, especially if you're in a rush. So that's why there's Instacart. You can go from get uh, fresh groceries from any store, keeps anything fragile, intact, with as little as time, as little as an hour. You get it the same day, no matter what. It's really great. My mom uses it all the time. She loves it. So with the link below, you guys can get free shipping on orders $35 and above. It's big help to me. Uh, it supports this channel. Or not, I guess this isn't a channel. This is a podcast. But it helps support me. And it's just an awesome service. So go check out the service. So... Now I want to talk about the socialism of Scandinavia. So this is actually a good socialism, but it is not what people think. All right, so the first thing that we have to uh, address, this is really important, is they are capitalist in wealth creation and socialist in wealth distribution. So let me explain to you real quickly what that means. So that means that they are like us when it comes to creating businesses selling stuff, uh, the way their economy is run is same way as we are in America. That is very little taxes, um, no government set minimum wage, and all these things that allow small businesses to grow and into bigger corporations that can then make the economy stronger. There is still that, hey, we can compete with one another because that's that's a problem with socialism. People don't want to compete because they're going to get the same thing. And so people stop working and that's when you get the – you start escalating down. So it's um, something uh, that is really important when we talk about the socialism of Scandinavia and what is happening everywhere else. So people say here that they want the socialism of Scandinavia, but what they don't understand is that we are doing the socialism of Scandinavia other than the fact that not everyone gets equal pay. That is the only thing. So the wealth is not distributed equally here in America because we are capitalist in wealth distribution and wealth creation. So another thing is everyone pays taxes no matter what. And that is, that is an important thing to address here is here in America, we, the, uh, more money you have, the more income tax you pay. Um, the less money you have, the less income tax tax you pay, which doesn't. It's not equal, and it shouldn't be a thing. Um, I'm against it. I say uh, whatever the percentage should be for all, because you're gonna pay no matter what. People who are poor are gonna pay less because they have less money, so they've got less of a percentage to pay. Um, I think income tax for everyone should be definitely lowered because the IRS takes in a trillion dollars, more than a trillion dollars a year, 
And I think that's enough to fund our schools, fund our roads, um, especially with uh, that's just income tax. There's so many other taxes, sales tax in places, unlike other than Montana, which was awesome. We went to Montana and there was no income tax and it was one of the most amazing things on the, or not income tax, sales tax. And it was amazing. Um, but there is a really high uh, sales tax in uh, Scandinavia. So uh, if you don't know what Scandinavia is, that is Denmark, Sweden, Norway. That up little weird peninsula uh, that's northern uh, Europe. So everyone pays 25% sales tax. Very high sales tax. I know here in... Um, Idaho, it's 6%, which is still a decent amount. I mean, the more you spend, the more you uh, spend on taxes. But that is, that is this is important before, while we go to the next section, which we'll be talking about America and socialism uh, and how people in, want socialism in America. But first, I want to talk about a sponsor of this channel that you know has been a sponsor since the beginning. They've been awesome. That is Anchor. I still use them. They are my podcast hosts, and they are they are awesome. So for those of you who don't know uh, what Anchor, before we begin, I want to talk about Anchor, an awesome online tool that allows you to make a podcast for free. Now, what is Anchor to be exactly? Well, I'll tell you. Anchor is an online uh, source that you can use to make a podcast, record it then distribute it and monetize it. You can distribute it to all the important big platforms. You can monetize it by getting sponsors and donations. And best of all, it's free. Like free, as in free, as in America, home of the free. It's no money. There's literally no hidden fees. It's amazing. I use it to make my podcast. I love it. It's super easy to use and you should go use it. So if you want to make a podcast, go to Anchor right now. And start your podcast for free. So the first thing is a uh, sad s- statistic: is half of people under forty want to live in a socialist country. So the younger you, are, about half of people who are younger, um, not quite over the hill, want to live in a socialist country. Obviously, I don't think Venezuela sounds fun to live in, or China, or anything really. Scandinavia sounds nice, other than in uh, all these places, they have cross-country skiing, which is lame. And it's one of their main sports. So first of all, I want to talk about the socialists in America. And so the first one is Bernie Sanders. He ran for president this year. I'm so glad Joe Biden beat him. I would so rather Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. He believes in socialism because I guess that's what socialist means. Um... And we're going to talk about him in a second. He's going to be a big part of this last uh, section. The second is, uh, there's a lot of socialists in America, but this is the two big main ones. It's Michael Moore. So Michael Moore is a documentary slash movie maker. He's very far left. Um, if he's a socialist, he is. He demonizes the rich. Rich are horrible, horrible human beings. Yet his net worth is $30 million right now. So last time I checked, $30 million is rich. Um, he says socialism is real democracy and Christianity. I don't know how it's real Christianity. I don't think this dude's Christian. Uh, I don't, I 
I don't know how he gets. Yeah, socialism and Christianity is the same thing. Yeah, people starving and Christianity are the same thing. And democracy, if you look at uh, all socialist countries, you lose all your rights. So that is wrong to say and very wrong to say. All right, so we are going to go to Bernie Sanders right now. Bernie Sanders, as you know, ran for president. And this is some things from his campaign that I want to share to you. So the first uh, clip I will play right now. Over 80 years ago, Franklin Delano Roosevelt helped create a government that made transformative progress in protecting the needs of working families. Today, in the second decade of the 21st century, we must take up the unfinished business of the New Deal and carry it to completion. All right, so that's the first clip. Um, first thing, uh, I think, yes, we, there could be some things to do to, you know, help the poor. I've got an idea on homeless. I honestly might share it with you guys. It's, I think it's a really good idea. It's I tried and keep it as unsocialistic as possible, um, but I think it's a really good idea. But also, Franklin Roosevelt did not do some great. I mean, he's the one who tried to pack the court. Um, and that actually went against his New Deal laws. So either he didn't believe in his New Deal laws, or he just is a hypocrite, or he just didn't know what he was doing, or that they did interfere with his New Deal laws. All right, so I'm going to play the second clip uh, for you right now. If we are serious about rebuilding the American middle class, if we are serious about reinvigorating American democracy, we need to develop a political movement which once again is prepared to take on and defeat a ruling class whose greed is destroying our nation. All right, so that's the second clip. The second clip, he is talking about how the upper class are the greedy and they are ruining this uh, Silva's uh, country. But last time I checked, he also has a net worth of about $20 million, according to Forbes. I think this uh, is it Forbes or is it Forbes? I really need, I need, I really need like a producer. Um, once I get bigger, I'll have a producer. I'll feel fancy. I'll be like, hey, producer, blah, 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 blah. But that's beside the point. Um, I mean, if you want to see me grow, you can go ahead and share this podcast to people who have the same ideas as you or same beliefs as you. But that is beyond the point. Um, most of the greedy people are politicians. I want to point that out. Politicians who are then in socialism are the ones who thrive, not not the, um, you know, not the uh, lower class and middle class. So that is my argument against that. Uh, this is clip number three from Bernie's, Bernie Sanders' campaign. Take this opportunity to define for you, simply and straightforwardly, what democratic socialism means to me. It means building on what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said when he fought for guaranteed economic rights for all Americans. And it builds on what Martin Luther King Jr. said in 1968 when he stated, and I quote, 
This country has socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. End of quote. So, so obviously he doesn't really know what socialism is and the effects of socialism, even though he's a socialist. Or maybe he does, he just wants to tell the public what it really is, because that Martin Luther King quote mentions that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That's basically what it's saying. Remember how I've said socialism the entire time is that? I've said that from the beginning. So that's it's just going to get even worse. Now I get it. There are economic classes that should be helped out. But that is still, that's why lowering taxes. That would be a big help. Not increasing taxes. That doesn't make sense at all. Like Joe Biden talks about how he wants to increase taxes and that doesn't make sense to help to help the poor, you can't increase taxes. So that is um, the third clip from Bernie Sanders. The last one is this one uh, I might laugh at in the middle of it. So I'm sorry. My view of democratic socialism builds on the success of many other countries around the world who have done a far better job than we have in protecting the needs of their working families, their elderly citizens, their children, their sick, and their... A far better job than America at doing exactly what we have been doing. Oh, yeah, it doesn't look so good, but we have been doing great. So, all right, first, I want to say what success. Venezuela, uh, Russia, China, all of these who went into economic collapses ended up with uh, 20 million people killed in Russia and 18 to 45 million in China. And I actually should have researched how much Venezuela killed because that would be another one. Also, all right, maybe maybe she's talking about the uh, Scandinavian countries, but they do not have a socialist way of making money. That's, that's what Bernie Sanders wants, complete socialism, which is what Venezuela, uh, Russia, and China have, not what um, America, or not America, Scandinavia has. Scandinavia, like I said, is capitalist in wealth creation and and wealth distribution they are socialist so i also want to point out um a couple things he said i'm going to replay the quote or the the clip my view of democratic socialism builds on the success of many other countries around the world who have done a far better job than we have in protecting the needs of their working families they're elderly citizens, they're children, they're sick, and they Alright, so first thing I want to point out is someone in his party, in the Democratic Party, uh, his name was like, what is it? Oh, Andrew Cuomo or something like that, you know, governor of New York. Guy who's been getting all this pride when he put, uh, from, you know, he's handled COVID so well as he puts sick people in nursing homes to and kills elderly people. So definitely not protecting the elderly. Um, that's your party. 
who's not doing that. Our children, well, first of all, most children grow up pretty well compared to other places, uh, especially in social here, not in socialist countries. Um, and uh, as for the working class, lowering taxes would help that. And that is what Donald Trump has been trying to do, not what Biden's going to do. So those are all my Bernie Sanders, you know, insights of wisdom. So this, all of this has been a super long episode, um, but I've just been really preparing for it for like the last two weeks. Um, I've been excited to do this one. Um, And so where's America? The the biggest thing is that I want to talk, the biggest question is where's America headed with socialism? And so we are headed the same way as Venezuela right now. Um, Right now, it looks like we're going to lose our rights, you know, such as First and Second Amendment. Like, you know, people are trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. And with the First Amendment, there are people getting silenced on social media who disagree with the left. Um, And so in all socialist countries, people can't speak their mind. Stalin killed anyone who opposed him. Mao the red guard killed anyone who opposed him that's how that's how it works in socialist countries we will have bigger class division rich politicians will get richer and everyone else will get poorer i have been talking about that since the beginning of this episode that is what socialism does is it gets us poorer for the lockdown for example was a small taste of socialism I bet no one liked it i don't think anyone was going during the lockdown yay this is fun Notice that poorer people got poor. Businesses were lost. That's how it works. We will lose more small businesses, and there will be less small businesses being able to start up because of high taxation and other government regulations. So basically, the biggest takeaway from this episode, I hope, is that socialism equals the end of America. That's thanks for listening to my, you know, 42 minutes of talking about socialism, but it's important to know really what socialism is. Um, I'd love to get, if any of you are from a socialist country, I would love to get you um, on this podcast. I would love to talk to you about it. Um, It would be a great opportunity for you guys um, for, you know, great content for me. Um, so I'm actually currently working on, on my website. If you want to sign up for, um, interviews, I'm working on a Google form for you guys to do that. And I, you will get acceptance no matter what, pretty much, unless there's something sketchy about it, but yeah. All right. So we're about to go into our, well, actually we're not going to do daily Bible verse. We've taken too much time, but we are going to pray. But first. If you want to go pick up your copy of If My Country for 99 cents at Church Source, go do it right now because it's in the link. Uh, you can go to Church Source. If you don't know what Church Source is, Church Source is a online Bible uh, store. They sell prayer books, Bibles, all the good stuff. And, you know, I I don't think you guys should miss out on the opportunity. It's a really awesome uh it's really awesome program and website. Get your Bibles for cheap. Super nice. So click the link below. It helps support me. Um, and, you know, when I do Bible verses of the day, you'll actually know where it's from. You can actually read further. Um, and so, yeah. 
So go to Church Source with the link below. Help support me, like I said, and go get you a Bible. So right now I want to pray for our country. So please, you know, join me in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this life we ha- we all have in this amazing country that we have been blessed by you to live in. We are blessed with the freedom that you have given us, and for that we worship you. Please protect us from people who want to take away our rights, our liberties, our God-given blessings to worship our Creator. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to talk about tomorrow, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much for listening to the Youth of the Nation. If you guys like us and want to support us, go ahead and go to my Patreon and become a patron. If you don't have the money to do it, go ahead and just leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you're on. And go ahead and subscribe. And if you can, go ahead and share it to some of your friends who share the same ideas. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you and God bless America.